Wild card. It's good to see you, man. You too. How's my uh how's my levels? Am I loud? No, sounds good. Excellent. Yeah, I had to get some new gear, so I wasn't sure how it was gonna sound. Yeah, we are uh you know, we're gonna miss you. You know, you um just you just fit in so well and, and you you just have such a amazing amount of knowledge and experience and uh you know you just you just you get it man you know the vibe is always good and and uh, i know you're busy and I, I know you got life to live but we are just gonna miss you i appreciate that yeah it's it's been hectic it's still hectic uh <laughs> yeah um, you're bringing out music and re-releasing stuff i mean it's all good man Susanna, nice to meet you Hey, how's it going? It's Susanna, by the way. Susanna. Okay, excellent. Susanna. I'm Mark sure likes to get, get that, that out of the way. Yeah, he he. we all do that. We do that with everyone, and it's like, yeah, oh, everyone how do you gets say, it wrong. It's how cool. do we say your name? Yeah, I mean, well, hey, we want to clear that up prior to the show so we don't keep saying it wrong. It's important, <laughs> I, man. I would, don't even worry about the last name. Just Susanna is fine. Well, Kapostasi. That's not Yeah, Kapostasi. Oh, Cap- oh, see, I was thinking like it was a play on, a, a you know, like apostate, like, like I am, a Okay, that so ca- cool, yeah. that's what I was thinking. Um, no, it okay. means cabbage in Hungarian. It's not well, cool at all. <laughs> cabbage is Does awesome. it really? Okay, yeah, so that's, that's wow, that's awesome. Kappa, can you say it one more time? Kapastashi. Kapastashi. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's cool. I'm gonna write it down. Wait, you're you're because you're you're you know how to write it down so that you can say it the same. Every well, time phonetics, too. right? You yeah. know, <laughs> Susan. I wrote that down. I I wouldn't. I'd be like, nope, it's wrong every time because I don't know how to put the correct phonetic. Yeah, things. I don't know how to do that either. <laughs> yeah, no, I just I just uh, figured it was like you know a play on apostate. I'm like, well, that's cool too because of the subject matter of your movies. I'm like, that eh, works out. That could work, yeah, but no, yeah. Capistache, just cabbage. Okay. Let's call you cabbage. (laughs) That's excellent. Uh, There's Chop Top. We're just going to call him Chop Top. So that's fine. Easy enough. Yeah, easy enough for him. (laughs) Nice for showing up on time, Chop Top. Yeah, my apologies, everyone. I had a little phone trouble there and stuff, but I got it figured out. So, all right. You you push push the green button to make a call. Yeah, you, you got to punch some numbers to dial out. That's right. I, I know. Hey, you know, when you're the I star know. of the show, you can, you can be late a little bit. So. <laughs> there you go. There you Why go. am I on I time? Like I, I Why like am I it. always on time then? Huh. <laughs> when the talent hey, shows I, up, right? Then that's, then see, that's how we know. That's how we know. Then I apologize. It's very nice to meet you. So hey, nice welcome to meet you. Before. Yeah. Okay, now, Chop, her name is Susanna. That's her first name, oh. Susanna, and her last okay. name is Capistashi. Wow. Yeah, I was thinking okay. it was a play on apostate, like, you know, capostasy. But yeah. it's Capistashi. It means cabbage in Hungarian. That's really cool. So there we yeah, go. Really cool. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. It sounds silly, but we like learning stuff. We Even stuff like that, we're like, oh, that's wild. That's awesome. We yeah, like well, that just like, with Deb, like yeah. with Deb Levine. You know, I mean, yeah. most people go with Levine. That's why I wanted to find out. Right. Oh, you know, it's fine. Like, okay. You know, it's a, sometimes hey, people's we learn stuff, you know, yeah, yeah. sometimes. Yeah. It's good. That's really cool. Susanna, I really love how busy your room is, man. They've got so much going on. Back yeah, there. It's awesome. crazy. I love it's it. It's a bit much. <laughs> no way. That's awesome. We love it. No, no, no. Much. It's fantastic. It's yeah. just like a, you're walking in, like, this could be a great place. Like, if I were to go shopping, like, okay, I see a skeleton back there. I see some, what looks like VHS movies or something like that and posters. Yeah. Like, that's where I want to go buy my stuff. 
you know. <laughs> that skeleton is actually a prop from Creep. Oh, nice. Yeah, Joel oh. D. Winecoop pumped that skeleton. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Dude, that's the stuff no that bones we love about to it. hear. Yeah, that's the stuff we love to hear. That's it's actually goal. a really good story, so we can talk about that, how okay. I got that skeleton. It's a little ridiculous. Excellent. Well, I'm looking forward to, to do that. So how about we just get our intro? We'll do our intro, yep. and we'll start, we'll start this ball rolling. All right. Excellent. All right. So what's up, everybody? My name is Isaiah Rice. I'm an actor, writer, producer. I love horror. I fucking love it. And I mean, you're listening to what? Like the one of the best horror podcasts out there right now? I mean, tell your friends, tell your family. Like, it, it's amazing. If, if you don't know about it, get into it. It's the Heavy Metal Horror Podcast, y'all. I am Montag, master of illusion. What goes up must come down, but not always. Hey, this is Chop Top, stay heavy. Am I supposed to say anything or am I good? I'm wild card and I'm just doing dumb shit. We were just waiting on him to do his thing. Oh, all right. Good. I don't know how to do it. How to do it. That's okay. Hey, no problem. So we're gonna we're gonna teach you one. We're gonna show you what we do, and at the end, we're gonna invite you to join us. Excellent. So, and you've been watching. Or you? No, you're not Ben. You are. Come on, man. You are watching and listening to heavy metal horror. Ugh. Tonight. We've got a great show. Tonight, we have Susanna Capistashi, independent filmmaker, writer, director, producer, horror buff, metalhead, and all-around cool room. Susanna, welcome to <laughs> Heavy Metal Horror. Thanks. Now, um, we were just talking about that skeleton right there in the back and you said you had a great story so let's just start off with all right a great story about how you got this skeleton it is a great story so i uh i have johnny brain eater productions which is my production company that's what you know we did metal maniac we did night of the zodiac by we i mostly mean i but i also work with tim ritter of twisted illusions he did you know truth or dare killing spree creep day of the reaper all that stuff so We've been collaborating and shooting stuff. And I had this corpse. His name was David Bonenberg. And he pretty much just like is in any project. So uh, we took him into the woods of Kentucky. And we were pretty excited to shoot this short. So we didn't eat and we didn't drink. And it was like 100 degrees. And we got very, very lost in the mountains of Kentucky. And the sun started to go down. And we're like, all right, well. We're in the middle of the mountains and uh, definitely not ideal. So we had to ditch Bonenberg along with this fake cum covered mannequin and this box full of like syringes and hand saws in the middle of the Kentucky <laughs> mountains. And uh, to kind of save time, I guess, to find our way back. And then we found our way back and uh, 
that's the story. Some hillbilly is going to find a cum-covered mannequin, a corpse, a box full of saws and syringes in the mountains. But anyways, Tim so that's bad. how wrong turn begins. I think. Yeah, I mean, right there. A... I mean, you're like you're like seeding wrong turn. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So, so anyways, you know... like I really like David Bonenberg. You know, he's a very consistent actor. He's just a corpse. He's always there. So Tim felt bad, and he pulled uh, that guy out of his attic. And that is the skeleton from the 1995 shot on video classic Creep that Joel D. Weinkoop uh, humps in the graveyard. <laughs> so, you know, pretty, nice. uh, pretty legendary that's, skeleton back that's, there. They, that's great. So, I mean, you know, in a way, you maybe have answered one of our questions we're going to ask later, uh, you know, but that's okay, you know, because we, we all like memorabilia, but that's a pretty good story. Um, and I'm glad that you've, that you qualified that it was fake come covered um yeah well at least the corpse was fake i i, I kind of get confused about that but that's awesome though i like that props but leaving them out there in kentucky i'm just waiting for the next uh, wrong turn movie and uh so that's gonna be awesome and i like the name david bonenberg that's fantastic yeah, he was um, good. I missed that guy. Yeah. all right uh susanna um what's the first movie you fell in love with oh man um Probably First Blood when I was a kid. Uh, <laughs> my mom dated this real fat piece of shit dude named Frank Carlosi, and uh, he was just terrible. He was like this super big, fat Italian Catholic piece of shit. And uh, the only cool thing about him was he had an excellent taste in movies. And so I was like, I don't know, seven or eight years old watching like First Blood and The Godfather and stuff. So anyways, he showed me First Blood and I was like a little tiny kid and the, I guess the violence and the traps and all that stuff just really, really won me over. And what else do you want at seven? You know, you're going into the second grade, third grade, you're like, this is, I'm going to build these for my classmates. Yeah, I mean, flies <laughs> like clear in the mountains and yeah. that, like motorcycle and taking down copters. It's so cool. What else could you want? The giant spikes like impaling the dude that just, yeah. like, that just won me. Just saying, just what? saying to you. Did you start what cutting you your arms so you could like covered skeleton? I'm yeah. Sorry. yeah. yeah. Did, you, did you start cutting your arms so you could sew it up with that, you know, survival <laughs> no, knife? No, that would have been sweet though. <laughs> I remember those got really big and really popular in the mid '80s. The, the survival bet. knives with the, all the stuff oh, in it, yeah, the sewing they had kits, a compass, and compass and on the side. Yeah. Oh, I know. Hell little, yeah, little, man. Little hook, <laughs> you know. Yeah, my my friends brought them. I'm thinking, like, when the hell are you going to be out in the woods? You're going to need a fishing line, you know? Yeah, I mean, you never know. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> you never know when you're going to get lost in the Kentucky mountains with your favorite. That's right, right, right. Well, that's, that's right. That's exciting. Um, <laughs> yeah. So is First Blood your favorite movie um, no. still? Okay, so if what is your favorite movie now? Let me talk about First Blood for a quick second and why sure. it's not my favorite movie. Because yeah. the book, I hate to be that cliche, like the book is better than the movie person, but... First Blood, the book, makes First Blood, the movie, look like a Disney movie. It is so dark yeah. and brutal and violent and relentless. So basically, wow. I read First Blood like two years ago when I took the poster of the movie off my wall. Like, it just wasn't the same. I still like Fuck it. Fuck you, Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, well, you know, you know, Sly tried to get it optioned for the actual book, and nobody would go for it because oh, there's wow. not like a single likable character. The ending's very different. Like it's a dark book. I highly recommend it. Wow. But, um, I, I didn't know there was a book. I, oh, I didn't either. So it is yeah. like a beginning to end chase novel. It is so good. Wow. Okay. But my favorite movie of all time is Rolling Thunder. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. 
I mean, it's so good that Quentin Tarantino named his short-lived distribution company after it in the 90s, that mm -hmm. VHS label that did like Switchblade Sisters and Mighty mm -hmm. Peking Men and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I have a Mighty Peking Men poster. So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I have the Switchblade nice. Sisters one. Nice. Yeah, we'll have to get them together one. sometime, <laughs> you know. Um, so, so on the opposite end, what is your least favorite movie? Oh, man, can I be mean? Yeah, yeah. Whatever the hell you want, man. This is heavy metal horror. There are no rules. So I really, really like shot on video filmmaking. I think that the shot on video filmmaking movement in the early 80s, or late 80s, early 90s, likens like Italian neorealism in, in the spirit of people making the movies they have to make with whatever resources are available. So all of those guys in that era were like heroes to me. And now some of those guys are trending into this like gimmicky title cgi just get a quick check from the distributor so it can stream bullshit and it's terrible like anything with like amityville or possession or shark or whatever in the title um <laughs> the most notorious and i'm gonna i'm gonna call him out even though like he's a nice dude and he's definitely like, given me good advice here and there but um Mark Polonia is probably the worst example of that. You know, he started out making Splatter Farm with his twin in 1987. And this movie is so spirited that there's like this crazy rape scene. And then he like smears shit on his brother's face, but it's just like hot chocolate mix. So there's like little marshmallows on his pathetic <laughs> mustache. Nice. And it's just like so pure and spirited and awesome. And now he's doing like virus shark and Amy DeVille in space and doll shark and Wow. He's making a movie like every two months and it's, I don't know, man, the passion's just gone. It's just like a quick distributor check. And right. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, if, if you are into the spirited shot straight to video movies, I don't know if you can see these posters. These are two of the movies that I shot. Super low oh, budget. Cool. Uh, Monster Party Beach is a uh, bikini beach movie, the rubber suit monster shot nice. for about 180, 160 bucks. Nice. Of course, for Uranus is like a 1950s movie. Um, you know, shot on it's black and white, um, and uh, has an educational short, and that was one hundred and thirty-five dollars, um, including a green screen. Nice. So yeah, and Chop Top was in Quest for Uranus. Very cool. Now so, I will yeah, say there's a little was, bit of a highlight. Shot on video hmm. and direct to video. I'll me. send my resume yeah. to you, Susanna. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, I kind of get that because when you said you do everything, it's like, yeah, I get it. You got to write, oh, yeah. you got to, you got to cast, you got to shoot the thing, you got to, you got to direct it, you got to edit it, you got to market it, you got know, you to promote it. You know, yeah, it's, it's, it becomes a passion, you know, for sure. Absolutely. It takes up it's a whole chunk of your life. Stuff. I wouldn't want anyone else to do it, really. Right. You got to have right. control of it, right? Yeah. I will say I have my friend David, who was like my right hand man with Johnny Braineater Productions. And we, you know, we trade off lighting, shooting, whatever. So it's not like completely by myself all the time, but generally, right. Right. it'd be the yeah. everything head honcho because I'm stubborn. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Um, so who's your favorite director? Oh man, um, hmm. a lot of answers for different reasons. As far as you watch, you want to kind of watch a movie and it's something that maybe you can do or that is attainable. You know, like when I shot Metal Maniac, for example, my I wanted to be like the next John Carpenter or Brian De Palma. And it, as you know, making movies like that's just not, it's just not going to happen for $160 and your friends and a cooler full of beer and ordering pizza. It's just not. Right. <laughs> so like, as far as big director, 
I really like John Flynn, who did Rolling Thunder and Defiance. I, I feel like most people goof up endings. Most movies like let you down at the end and John Flynn, like I, I've seen Rolling Thunder shoot probably like 30 times and my heart rate doubles at the end every single time. It's just so good. So as far as like bigger movies, John Flynn is smart. As far as like smaller movies that maybe I could hope to get that quality, Tim Ritter, 100%. Nice. Excellent. Um, so what is it about the horror genre that you like so much? It's fun. That's it. It's gory. I definitely like gore. I definitely like like the uh, like the Olaf Bittenbach like cannibal corpse cover, just like mountains of gore for like twenty minutes, and it never stops. <laughs> so some of like the Lucio Fulci, yeah, that know, too. Gates of Hell, City of the Living Dead, Dead, that kind of stuff. Yeah, but, yeah, but, or like you know, like the Olaf Bittenbach, like the German shot on video stuff. That is, oh, it's literally just montages of gore. Uh, like, uh, oh, okay, or uh, was it Gates? Or was it um, Bert? Burning, burning Moon, moon. yeah, Burning Moon, yeah, Burning yeah, Moon yeah, and yeah, Black yeah, Craster, like his two best right. films. Yeah. I never that again. <laughs> yeah, Burning Moon was <laughs> man. Yeah, I, I mean don't... it's a Cannibal Corpse cover for like right. Know, yeah, that that's that, that hell scene. It's just like holy fuck. It's so awesome. Oh <laughs> yeah, that's that's great. But yeah, definitely the gore is a big part of it. Okay, no, that's that's cool. Um, that's that's it. <laughs> what uh. What, as far as gore goes, I mean, aside the, from the Burning Moon, like, what do you think is the best goriest movie, or maybe just the goriest movie that you've ever seen? Hmm. First one that comes to mind is The Abomination. I, I don't think it's the goriest, but it's like the most ridiculous, especially for the budget and the means, like the abomination thing coming out of the cupboard and just blood and guts absolutely everywhere. And the fact that it was shot on Super 8 is very fun and awesome and really i think emphasizes just kind of the rawness of it yeah do you like peter jackson's first two movies i mean those are pretty gory yeah bad bad taste and and brain dead or uh dead alive yeah yeah. i watched dead alive like a million times in college honestly haven't revisited since i'm a little picky with the horror comedy thing sure but i mean the the gore content is exceptional in those yeah i mean it's just excessive you know just just adroit grossness of like drinking the vomit oh aren't i lucky i got a chunky bit you know it's just but the comedy's there but that scene you know in dead alive with all the zombies and like the lawnmower i mean the blood just going limbs it's just hysterical um and i found the same thing with when i first time i saw the evil dead just a lot of gore and that was that was a terrifying that that horror to comedy ratio is okay because it's just a little bit and once you get into the sequels i'm out yeah that first one is just i mean yeah first one's zany a little bit spirited but like pretty wall-to-wall gore yeah it's over the top but in the best way Mm -hmm. yeah 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 i remember i remember reading about it when i was in high school uh i was passing around a fangoria magazine like oh my wow what the fuck is this all about and i remember getting a copy of my friends came over and we all watched we're like you know fucking scared out of our of our wits like watching this yeah, is how gory it was yeah, yeah man it's just the best um so when you're thinking about you know early childhood watching you know horror movies what's the scariest movie you remember as a kid like the one that just scared the shit out of you when you were little <laughs> so i was a late bloomer horror wise um but i had a cool aunt my aunt dc and she showed me all sorts she and her husband showed me like all the kind of cool cult stuff so you know like my big coming of age was like i think we turned 13 and then we could see the second half of rocky horror picture show as well as you know because it used to just get cut off right at like the creation scene 
So she was my like show movies person. And when I was maybe 10, she told me about Nightmare on Elm Street. And then I didn't sleep for like a year. And then I got cocky. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, I can watch this now. And then I didn't watch it. And I watched it and then I didn't sleep for like the rest of my childhood. But I didn't really like horror until I was like a grown teenager. And then it was Suspiria. It just absolutely blew my mind first viewing. I was like yeah. sitting, my, my high school, my bed was like right next to a window. And it, yeah, so I mean, there's, that's all I need to say, right? Like there's a window right there. I'm watching Suspiria. I'm like pissing myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the look of that film, you know, uh, yeah, there is something about, about that film. And, Technicolor uh, magic, man. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a gorgeous looking film, you know, and I just yeah. love the setup. Yeah. Th those are, those are great films between, uh, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of the Italian directors come in and have uh, a great sensibilities, not just the gore with Fulci, but, you know, Baba and, and these other directors who just uh, bring a great sensibility to their horror. Well, let's talk about your movies. We got Night of the Zodiac and Metal Maniac. So Night of the Zodiac is about the Zodiac Killer, and I love the premise of it, you know. Uh, the Zodiac Killer hires a guy to, like, like make a film, right? Yeah. Um, so what is it about the Zodiac killer that appeals to you? I mean, he's kind of like a wonky little superhero. He's got like his own alter ego, his own costume. And they never, they never found him. Like he just outsmarted everybody. And that, I don't know, the whole like cipher thing is so cool. I just think he's interesting. And, and, and is really kind of sets the look for a lot of horror films now that have that kind of like a hooded, menacing right. villain you know Definitely. this guy just did it for real and the and the the, the weird inscriptions you know the the you know kind of uh the, the symbol yeah, the, the symbolism cipher. yeah and the cipher he would even wear that um yeah because that look is so simple you know basically a bag on his head but it's right. terrible it's horrifying as you know Jop and i were talking mm -hmm. in our you know another episode um just how creepy that simplicity is uh of it you know yeah definitely. and just just terrifying now, I haven't seen it yet because I'm still waiting, waiting to, on that SRS. I'm, I'm going to get that either Blu-ray or the DVD or the combo or whatever because I didn't get the, the VHS. Yeah. I'm one of those guys, yeah, but I, I'm still grabbing it because I picked up Heavy Metal Horror, you know, Maniac, or you know, when it came out on DVD. Yeah, you gave me the you gave me the first copy, like, oh, like when it was in like the the DVD. slim jewel case, and <laughs> I love it. I absolutely fucking love that movie. So I'm excited yeah. about you know the Zodiac Killer one. Now my did you when writing that is there did you is, is this kind of your take on it or is it kind of a you know true to form you know what we know already about the zodiac killer um it's Not, more without a, spoiling more, anything oh yeah know. i don't like to spoil anything yeah because like zodiac we got zodiac in the back of the room right there so you know he's oh, right okay. there <laughs> he's right so, there so i guess where metal maniac was like you know i was what 20 years old and like absolutely obnoxiously obsessed with heavy metal and so I, I wrote Metal Maniac. Um, Night of the Zodiac is me being, shoot, I was probably 31 when I wrote it and being like absolutely okay. head over heels in love with shot on video horror. Okay. So really, Zodiac Killer is the background and the driving force is this guy wanting to make shot on video movies to be like, you know, Mark Polonia, okay. Tim Ritter, Donald Farmer, John McBride, those guys. Okay. All right. I can dig that. Yeah, and it's more about like hero worship, you know, like this dude is alone in the world, nobody cares about him. And then the the dying Zodiac killer of all people takes an interest. And it's just like, how far will you go 
to like appease your hero and nobody else will pay any attention to you whatsoever. Right. Right. That's okay. a great premise because yeah, I've not I, seen I it. That. You know, I've, I've not seen it. So I, um, I, I did as, what the research I could. Yeah. Um, but it was like, oh, I need to, I need to see these movies, you know. Yeah, Metal but, Maniac is is fucking great. I, well, I love I, the premise. I mean, you got metal <laughs> and Satan. Like, what's what's not to like, you know? I, 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 yeah, I mean, I, it was a learning movie. Metal Maniac's not my favorite, but I learned a lot. It's a lot of fun, though. You know, that's so. It's that was your good, first movie, yeah. though, right? My first feature, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, of course, when you look at it, it's easy once you've made it. I found all you go back and all you do is see the flaws and what you would edit and change. Right. Like, it's like, I get that, you know, I, that's all you see. So you just stop watching it, you know, right. but, but you have to start somewhere. And hopefully the more you do, you just get a little better and a little better, you know, long. Yeah. Yeah. I watched the, I watched the trailers and I was actually laughing my fucking ass off on the metal. Maniac Dude, it's good. Back. It's great. It's really great. <laughs> So much fun. It looked like a blast. I'd be like, fuck, I want to be in that shit. You know? Well, it's not it just fun to shoot. That's for sure. I think it's great too, though, that now I think you did this with both of your films that you include like native music, correct? Like local Absolutely. Michigan music. I think that's fucking fantastic. Um, yeah. I could only wish for something like that in Ohio, but there's no one here. It's a wasteland. But <laughs> you know, that's fucking great, man. The soundtracks, you know, at least the soundtrack with Metal Maniac, and I know for Zodiac is is fucking oh, great you know so that's it's that's awesome i'm it's exciting that you that you're doing that and i think though that you know it do you do you know if you have like a cult following do you know this oh like, no there? way i don't but see that's the possibility is totally there like these kind of things like seem to take some time you know to like eventually you might be going to all the you know the horror cons talking about your films you know and that's that's you gotta cool be for like social involved. to do that kind of thing right. <laughs> well, I, I was gonna ask like fair for enough, the people out there enough. who are interested like in us like you know one do you ever take these two conventions and like two how how can people get these movies um, you can reach out to me on facebook and i'll make you a tape uh night of the zodiac is available through srs cinema uh pre-orders now but they should be shipping like in the next month or so uh, Metal Maniacs available through SOV Horror. He did a nice little pro uh, DVD of that. Okay, cool. Excellent. So we'll find you on Facebook. I'll send you yeah. a friend request. Yeah, um, nice. Okay, cool. Because I I love, you know, I I have other friends who do indie indie horror films. And, you know, I, I love that independent spirit. Because you oh, can okay. do things that no one else is going to do. You got no one other than yourself as far as your vision and and like you said, you are limited to your budget. Obviously, there are certain things you can't do, but you know, if you're turning out product like a movie, a story, this is what you want to tell, how you want to tell it. That's that's a great feeling. It is absolutely you know? create creative control, complete power, whatever right. thing you come up with. Yeah, right. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, when looking back, like what what. Um, directors or I mean, well you've already kind of talked about this the directors and in, in, that have influenced your movie making interests you know i think the straight the you know video shot on video kind of thing so um what's the one movie you wish you had directed or produced hmm that's a thinker so we like to do here on heavy metal horror we like to get our <laughs> guests thinking stump them Make them <laughs> you make them something. 
or to yeah, I don't, I don't know because I don't, I don't ever see myself like again, like on a big Brian De Palma set. You know, like I love Carrie, I love Phantom of the Paradise, I love Blowout, but I don't, I, I don't see myself with, you know, like four camera dudes and a DP and three assistant directors. I hate that. I think the more cast and crew you have in a movie, the more the vision and the spirit goes away from just the director. So. Like we have with Star Wars episodes one, two, and three, right? We see that. Yeah, I mean, right. yeah exactly. Like the more people, right. the worse. So I guess. You don't want five people bringing you coffees and lattes all day? And oh, I no, do. No, I don't. I guess if I could go back in time and shoot with the original shot on video, dudes. Like if I could just be hanging out on the set of like Wood Chipper Massacre with John McBride. <laughs> yes. That would be rad. If I nice. could go back to like 1984 and shoot Day of the Reaper with Tim Ritter on Super 8. That would yeah. be awesome if I could hang out with the Polonia brothers in 1987 and shoot Splatter Farm and tell them or tell Mark, don't grow up to make like CGI shark stuff, please. <laughs> that would be great. No more, no more Amity Shark. Right. No Amity we don't, we don't, we don't need that. <laughs> nice. Okay. So was there a point, like something in you, like something specifically that made you want to become a, like an indie movie maker? Um, Other, I mean, Okay. Uh, so I, I was obsessed with Tom Savini in high school nice. and I wanted to do special effects. And so I shot a short called Johnny Brain Eater. And the whole point was that it was going to showcase my, you know, special effects. And it really wasn't about the movie itself. And then I shot the movie and I cut it. And uh, I was like, man, this is where it's at. It's so, you know what it's like. It's so exciting to have something written down all crappy in a notebook and it's in your head. And then you like, bring it to life there's there's no greater high than that so i yeah, guess right. you know making my dumb little showcase for special effects and then it turning mm -hmm. into a crappy little movie i could never like leave that high ever again and when you get to share it with people and they genuinely like it you know i think right. my favorite thing is like when it's all done because quest for uranus took me an hour or a, a year to make from beginning to writing to finish editing yeah. you know over 300 hours of editing yeah. um just but being able to premiere it at, at the cast party you know, everyone comes, you know, there and they get to finally see the finished product, you know, and everyone's laughing and just having a good time. That, that is like the most satisfying thing to me. I mean, when people want to buy it, that's great too. But just knowing that the people who are involved had a good time and they still love what they do and they want to do more, that, that feels better than anything, you know? Yeah. The, the Night of the Zodiac premiere was interesting because it was kind of like the groups of friends merging. Um, I'm a vet tech and I work in like a vet tech ERICU. And so a bunch of people from work came and then like heavy metal deviant friends came. And so the, uh, the reactions from certain parts of the crowds for different parts of the movie were pretty interesting to see. Uh, my friend, Laura's dog, Louie, who everyone at work knows, eats a heart at one point and like the vet tech crowd just loses it. But then when like Tim from acid, Witch is on, uh, is on screen and we tear his arm off everyone just like also loses it that was more like the heavy metal crowd that was losing it so right. it was kind of fun to see how different people gauge different scenes other than that though like premieres and conventions and all that stuff stress me out not really my thing okay yeah. is it I'll is it all the social interaction that you have to do with people yeah, is that I what just, it is yeah i'll just i just make a movie and i watch it and then i move on to the next one i don't really yeah <laughs> yeah well just there's something to the creative there is the pleasure in just creating for its own sake you know, and when you're done with the project, you move on. You let it, kind of let it go in the world, and you focus on the next thing. You know, well, I call I call it brain dystocia. 
so dystocia, like again, in my field is where like, you know, you're supposed to birth, the dog's supposed to birth a puppy and then it gets stuck. This is weird. I'm going to be weird. And, no, that's uh, fine. Bring it. Yeah. So like, so like if the owner doesn't bring this dog in to get a C-section or to get like help to have this puppy, it will literally rot and then like oh. ooze and leak from the inside and everything will die. And so brain dystocia, sorry to be weird, but brain dystocia is like you have an idea in your head for a movie. And if you don't birth it, the same thing is going to happen. Your brain is going to rot and smell and right. out of your ear. So for me, movie making is like fighting the brain dystocia. Like you, you have to make the movie. Okay. No, I get it. Yeah. I, yeah. I know a lot of doesn't writers. As well. they feel it. it doesn't matter if you get a check or whatever. You just, you have this stupid idea about some dude worshiping the Zodiac killer and making a movie for him. And you're like, well, time to that's round up it. the friends. It's got to make this. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I, I right. get that. That's, that's awesome. So you kind of mentioned your, your creative process there. You get this idea and you got to do it. So what is, can you walk us through your creative process from beginning idea to finished product? Yeah. Um, usually it starts with me wanting to watch a movie and looking on my shelf and being like, man, I really feel like watching, I don't know, a rape revenge movie. Cause that's what I'm working on now. And I've seen Miss 45 a million times. I've seen last house on the left a million times. And I'm like, I spit on your grave. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Savage vengeance, whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm like, man, I'd really like to see another shot on video rape revenge movie. And so I guess it starts with something I want to see. And then it kicks around my brain for a while until I get a story. Um, I like to start with a notebook and scroll a million insane notes. And then a million insane notes later, I'll just type it out into a real script and go from there. And then, as you know, once you're on the set shooting, things change. Yeah. And then kind of go from there. I get it. Yeah. See, I, I don't have a set. I never had a set. You know, it was like a room in my house or someone yeah, else's set, house or I my mean, backyard. Like, wherever, right. Wherever. Right. Well, you're wherever your camera's at and your actors and you, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. No, no, I, I get it. Um, you got to go to places that you have access to, you know. That yeah, was, and you have that to was... kind of write around that. And that's, mm -hmm. that's a little tricky for the creative process. Right. You know, like, and, well, I can't do this or that, but maybe I can do this. Yeah. And only, only we know what the vision that's in our brain and, and the reality are often very different. But for the person oh, yeah. watching the movie, they just, they have no idea that, you know, you're right. shooting at someone's back of the house. And that's not supposed to be where you're supposed, we're supposed yeah, to be shooting in the first shot, place. Like, I don't know, off the top of my head, like seven to 10 different kill scenes for Zodiac in my backyard, just nice. like different angles. And we just kind of didn't talk about it because, you know, the blood cannon that I use, it's got like, I don't know, man, like a 20 foot radius. I can't just go to the park and fire off like 10 gallons of blood in all directions, you know? <laughs> nice. So everything was mostly backyard. Okay. So you got to tell me a little bit more about this blood cannon because I have a blood bazooka that I, I just use an old paint stick, you know, like it just, and I fill it up with blood and it just, you know, it just squirts out like that. It's very controllable, um, but it shoots about a half a gallon of blood at a time. So you got this blood cannon i gotta know yeah, more about so this. it's a it's a five gallon paint bucket and there's a bilge pump like a manual bilge pump and then you just i like to go to home depot and be like okay well i need to hook this up to an arm or a neck or a dude's crotch or whatever what are and then you basically play legos at lowe's and you're like all right what combination of like weird plumbing stuff do i need to put on this <laughs> and then that's it that's the blood cannon it's like five gallons and I don't know, not a lot of seconds. <laughs> um, what, what, do you, what do you use to make your blood? Like, what's your blood recipe? Um, I like powder everything. So I'll just use like a cooking thickener. I really like the powdered food coloring. Because again, when you're making five gallons at a time, it adds up. 
Yeah. So the powdered food color that you buy in bulk has been like a godsend. Oh, and powdered okay. cooking thickener rather than corn syrup has been huge. So that's something that's new for me, powdered thickener. I'll have to like like a cornstarch kind of thing or what? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, okay. I like gum. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, yep. see, oh, next movie. See, I have it's to, gonna I, save you thousands because yeah, because it's expensive to buy caro syrup and shit like that. Five gallons in ten seconds, and your entire budget is you know, a couple yeah. hundred bucks. There it is. There's your budget. You use like a red right. food coloring and like a little bit of blue. Do you, do you kind of add a touch of blue to that? To kind I like of a little bit of green. Green. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Excellent. I think yeah, I'll be I'm giving really you a call. Particular. Like when I get, when I I like get ready to do my next movie. Too. I'm like, I'm a little particular about my blood. It's gotta, it's gotta be dark. And again, I work in a veterinary emergency hospital. I get covered yeah. in blood on the daily. So like, it's got, in fact, um, I brought home expired dog blood from our blood bank that they were throwing away. And I spent like an entire day in the backyard comparing my recipe and the dog blood. And it was, it got weird. Like I threw it against the garage and did like a side-by-side. -side. I threw it on the cement, I put it on white fabric, I put it on my skin Whoa. until I got it. And the only thing I couldn't get quite right was like the clotting and drying and browning, but the rest of it, I got pretty darn close. It yeah, was, usually you don't see it clotted like there long enough for it to clot. It's there, right. you know, streaming or coming out. No, that's fine. I noticed that lighting makes a big difference in how the yeah, blood shows up on video. Um, like on Monster Party Beach is a really great kill shot, really, really vibrant looking blood, gorgeous. Um, but then in this, my second movie, Sorority Sisters versus Sasquatch, one of the shots we did was inside with um, like the, the long, thin, uh, in, not the incandescent, what are the uh, other lights that are the, the long tubes? Um, well, fluorescent? Fluorescent, yeah, yeah, fluorescent lights. And it yeah. made the made the blood look like barbecue sauce. Like the coloring was all wrong and I couldn't like mm, color correct baby it. Rays. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't <laughs> color correct it without making everything look all like weird right. and funky. So I'm like, well, fuck, that's, you know, because the shots that were outside look completely different, right, you know? So tricky. no, it's, you learn as you go, you know? I mean, it, it looked fine when I was looking at it, but then coming back to look at the video, I was like, wow, that's crazy, you know? So... Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I'm going to definitely get a, a hold of you about your blood oh, for, sure, yeah. for my next movie because it's going to be a lot lot more gore than my... Uh, yeah, definitely the powdered movie. thickener. Most of them will probably do just fine. Just okay, cool. Because the last movie, being in black and white, we just used chocolate syrup. So Even that, that adds up. Yeah, yeah we just used the one bottle, so it was fine. It was pretty bloodless because oh. it's a 50s <laughs> movie, so there's not a lot of blood. Oh, yeah, I used you know? a lot of blood. Yeah, but, but my first two had quite a bit of blood. So... Um, yeah. And the next one's going to have a lot. Yeah, so. we lost count in Zodiac, but it was it was a lot of gallons. If I we're doing think. gallons, man, yeah, I, you're the I mean, person. It was double-digit gallons. We, we definitely <laughs> lost track. Well, well, now with the, the powdered colors and thickeners, it makes sense because caro syrup, you, you just couldn't spend that much money on syrup. And we started ridiculous. with caro and liquid stuff, and I was going to Gordon Food Services like every weekend, and there's my paycheck. Like Right. Oh, yeah. no, so that's oh, fantastic. Oh. All right, back, back to movie stuff. Um, which A-list actor would you really love to score for your next movie? Hmm, probably Sly. Yeah, Sylvester Stallone. Nice. nice. And, and then be able to do um, the, uh, the movie as it should have been, you know? The, the oh, man, yeah. That first Blood scary. as it should have been done. Yeah, you know, Tarantino had some interview and he's such a winker because he went on and on, like, just kind of like I did about how, uh, how great the book is and how they should have done it that way. And then he gives away the ending of the book in the oh. interview. 
Well, that sucks. And like, it's the greatest ending to any book ever written. Like you yeah. can feel the ending in your body. And I, uh, so yeah, Tarantino is probably already going to, you know, mess it up with his stupid. Yeah. Hey, Tarantino, don't be a fucking spoiler, man. Jesus yeah. Christ. And don't, Some people don't like to be surprised, you prick. But you're still welcome on heavy metal horror. Yeah, yeah. To come, you better apologize, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I want you to apologize for Death Proof. Um, I like Death Proof. I really, right. I just, it just got so it was so, so fucking talky. You know, yeah, just it's like, oh god, like an hour of just that's talking. at least like not super high budget, obnoxious. That's that's our like old dorky video store. Terrence, but it you know, could have been so much like, better. I like the premise. Like, okay, here, here we have. Yeah, but you know, exploitation the films guy... aren't like super high octane. It's like Robert but, Rodriguez. But got it, it didn't so have long. to be high That's octane. True. But he could have yeah, but, simply. But if been... you watch real exploitation films, there, some of them are slow burners, and some of them aren't like these amazing movies. It's like Robert Rodriguez didn't get it. There's not an exploitation film that is just wall to wall explosions, excitement beginning to end. It's just not like that. No, some of the I stuff in the Philippines is pretty crazy. Mirrors an exploitation film. But I think it could have been better if the premise was, okay, so we have something and something Mike, instead of just sitting there talking in the bar and then leaving and then the girls are talking for like the next 40 minutes, what if he were just kind of show up wherever they were at, like with his car? I mean, the car becomes this menacing object where he just shows up and yeah. becomes more and more intent on like interrupting them and just, you know, pushing against them. That could have been more of the menacing quality because I like the premise of it. You know yeah, what he does having the stupid phones and the texting. I hate modern anything in movies. And it's like you think you're so clever with the stupid little text bubbles in your exploitation film. Get out of here with that. That's dumb. <laughs> Nobody wants that. Nobody <laughs> wants that. That's right. Uh, I did uh, think it was pretty decent, though. Maybe not the greatest movie of all time, but I like it. Yeah, I yeah, I, I and I prefer. And if it got like you know hundreds of people to watch Vanishing Point, mission accomplished. There you go. There you go. So what do you like most about being an indie movie producer? Just making movies. Like, <laughs> it's not a great answer, but like, I do like firing the blood cannon a lot. Uh, I love specifically shot on video and obsessing over all of these old cameras. Um, yeah, like figuring out, okay, so like I watched again, Creep from 1990. 95 yeah mm -hmm. and I'm like man I really like the look of this movie what's this camera oh the JVC GYX2B that camera cost seven thousand dollars in 1995 it costs ninety dollars in 2020 yeah wow. I was curious like how 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 difficult is it for you to find the units that you use for filming I mean it's kind of a pain battery wise like okay. uh, like the creep cam no, they don't really make batteries for it anymore. So we have to plug right. it in. So you got to have like a whole adapter and rig. And the, the camera itself weighs like 20 something pounds. Jeez. So it's definitely a little bit of a commitment, but it's. And how difficult is it? I mean, like, and I can comment on this just with like cassette tapes and, you know, in general, yeah. how hard is it for you to find new VHS? Not. Really? Yeah. The there's a place on eBay that sells them by like you know, hundred at a time, oh, or you nice. go to the thrift store and you buy the blank ones. Uh, right. SVHS is a little harder to find. Okay, but you can still find them. Okay, 
So that's, that's the format you shoot on VHS or uh, uh, VHS, SVHS, Video 8, Hi 8. And then how and do you edit? With Umatic a little bit. I, I just, I mean, I'm, I'm a poser. I just transfer it. and Okay. So, like so eventually you get into a video file that you can edit it. Yeah, I'm, uh, not, like, like I'm a, not doing like deck to deck type stuff. Okay. Like, no, that's, you know, that was, I mean, that's a whole other process. That's why I was yeah. wondering, like, you know, like that's, that's a... That's a whole other ball of wax, you know. Now, if I was like a true purist, I would probably do that, but nah, I just use Premiere like everyone else. <laughs> That's all right. So, have you ever met any of your movie heroes, like the people you look up to, admire, actors, uh, other producers, directors at all? I mean, I shoot with Tim all the time now. That's awesome. I mean, he was my favorite director. Oh man, can I tell the story of how I met that dude? Because it's yeah. a really good story. You can tell Absolutely. anything, man. We're all here to hear your stories, so all that's right. great. So. There was a Jamie Gillis Film Festival in Detroit. And uh, I don't know, I hope you guys are familiar with Jamie Gillis. No? I'm not, sorry. Great, greatest porn star of all time. Okay. <laughs> so anyways, I'm at this Jamie Gillis Film Festival and there's just a singular row. And I'm at one end and there's some dude in like a trench coat doing God knows what in the middle. And there's a dude at the other end. And we're watching Water Power, which is one of the greatest pornos ever made. It's kind of a strange riff on Taxi Driver. Anyways, the water power sequence is happening. And I look over past Trenchcoat guy. And I said, hey, are you Tim Ritter? And the dude says, yeah, I am. And so like, we start talking movies back and forth. The guy in the middle throws his hands up and goes, nobody can jerk off to this and storms <laughs> out of the theater. And uh, we've been- uh, we've been Oh, really talk about a cock block, man. <laughs> yeah, water power is really good, by the way. You guys should all watch it. Water power. Okay, oh, we, we are learning all kinds of stuff. So that's how you met Tim. So you were in line. Did you get autographs? You know, is that what you were there and the meet? No, we were just watching no. Water Power. Like, it was oh, okay. Just, yeah, that's it. Okay. So you started talking and like said, "Hey, let's do some uh, work." Yeah, let's we have the same together. sticky brain, the same brain dystocia, sticky brain. We have to make this movie no matter what. We like all the same stuff. And then next thing you know, we're making weird shorts in the uh, Kentucky woods. That's good. Well, yeah. at least that was the only thing that was sticky at the porn convention. You know, I mean, I could lead a whole other area. <laughs> well, I don't know about but... trench coat guy. He was yeah. yeah, yeah, he was yeah, upset. He, he had to go, yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll to go somewhere else. Come on, dude, yeah. at least, you know, get the sock. Come on, dude, just, just you know, <laughs> give us all a favor, use a sock. Yeah. Um, okay, so have other actors or directors other than Tim, uh, producers reached out to you and told you how much of what you're doing has influenced them? Um, not really. Um, I've talked to Shot on Video guys here and there. Um, I've talked to Mark Polonia. I talked to Todd Sheets here and there. Nothing really. Like I said, I'm not real social. I just like to kind of hang out in this room and watch movies and write stuff and read stuff. Mm -hmm. So, but because of, well, the fact that you're not very social. I want to thank you again for showing up and oh, sure. being part of our podcast. So this is this is great for us. Um, so, uh, so you must have other than the, the great blood cannon story and, and meeting Tim at this convention, you have to have a, a few crazy stories about things that have happened on the set. I mean, I always put like bloopers at the end of the movies because I just think those are the best things. So, can you share just some like crazy things that have happened while you were yeah, shooting yeah. these great horror movies? You got to have a, some good stories about that. Yeah. Um... So we live in Hazel Park, which is pretty much Metro Detroit, and uh, nobody cares what you do around here. And so one shoot in particular was pretty fun because we just went to a playground um, in Night of the Zodiac, some kids get killed, and it's my boss's kids. And like there were just kids playing, normal kids, and uh, we jasoned uh, 
Jimmy, my boss's son, you know, we wrapped him up in the blanket and whacked him against the playground <clears throat> a million times. And then he, we got him all bloody and he just was like running around shirtless, covered in blood with all these kids and none of these moms cared. So that was pretty fun, especially because we were stabbing his sister in a wheelchair. So that's, that's one of the first ones that comes to mind. Oh, no, I have another real good one. But the parents were there, though, because they wanted to make sure the kids were all right. You yeah, know? but then there but were other just... parents with, like, regular kids just playing, and they were like, all right, these weirdo adults are here. Oh, see, that's that's the whole <laughs> other part of the story. Like, yeah, I can no, imagine the, the kids who are there, and, like, their parents are like, want to make sure the film, you know, they're watching their kids acting and having no, a No, 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 but, like, just regular old, like, random parents there. I got gotcha. you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay. running around. Right. No, I get it. Uh, mm. No, that's awesome. That's Probably great, the you're... funniest night of the zodiac shoot we were there's this weird abandoned lot like next to train tracks right off of eight mile and it's just cool and old looking and no again nobody cares so we always shoot there and so we're killing this homeless dude like you know in the movie there and all of a sudden we hear these obnoxious like crotch rocket bikes and most filmmakers would be like oh well we've got all this noise uh, we've got to get these kids out of here or we've got to shoot a different day or whatever because you've got all this noise you don't want I chase him down like an absolute weirdo and say, hey, do you guys want to be in our movie? And there are these like ragtag hillbilly kids on patched together, little crotch rockets. And of course they say, yeah. And so the one kid, like so many funny things happened in one shot. The one kid locks eyes with me. Like he's also an adult. He's real serious. He says, you know, I can't do any tricks because my girlfriend's on the bike. And I say, okay. And then the really fat kid tells me he's going to do a trick. And this other kid tells me he's going to do a trick. So anyways, I line them all up at the end and then I go to start the suit and I yell action and like a bunch of things happened at once. First off, the kid's girlfriend got mad and she just runs across the screen and their bike sucks. So she's faster than all of them. The other kid tries to do a trick and he crashes and his bike explodes into a million pieces on camera. <laughs> and then the fat kid can't do a wheelie. So he like just plants his feet right in front of the camera and like lifts his bars and revs and zips off all for this like weird impromptu like this is going to happen in the background thing so that's probably like my favorite weird thing that happened with night of the zodiac just because again you have to rewind it because so many weird things happened at once and it was awesome well that that you couldn't have like scripted that no no. i mean that's the the magic of like shot on video like yeah you guys can be in our movie fuck it we don't care about a bunch of annoying dirt bike noise no no that's awesome i like the guy whose bike exploded and caught on fire and then the guy can't do a wheelie but no i'm gonna make it look like a wheelie that's yeah it was pretty awesome that's fantastic <laughs> um and the girlfriend being faster than all the bikes and just randomly running in the background is pretty good too no that's great i mean you gotta you gotta be like a jazz you know like a jazz musician you gotta just do a lot of improv you know and and kind of go with whatever the whatever the moment gives you you're able to play with that you know yeah the other one was there's a scene where he throws a heart into a basketball hoop and like it turns out that's really hard and so it's like a hundred <laughs> degrees middle of july and we're sitting here just trying to get this shot with this heart like going off the backboard and into the net and it took forever and then we just kind of realized like here's all these people in their early 30s sitting outside in the summer throwing a heart into a basketball hoop this is really weird <laughs> 
that was another good day. So did you like have them just move closer and closer to the basket and just kind of just toss no, it we and bounce it off? No, we weren't that smart. We just, you stayed at the same spot. And, oh, okay. <laughs> and Phil. Oh, you're doing a long shot. You watch him shoot. And no, we were just stupid. No? no, it was just a close Oh, okay. Play. We just weren't that smart. And Phil, All right. uh, the guy who played Zodiac, excellent actor, not very athletic. So it just took a really long time. <laughs> oh, man. Looks good when it happened, though. Yeah, no, no, that's great. Uh, I cannot wait to watch these movies, Susanna. I'm just so, so excited. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, it's going to be great. Um, I, I look forward to it. So what, what's your motivation? Like, what, what now motivates you to continue making these movies? I guess other than having fun. I know you're having fun, but is there something else that, like, drives you other than the, you know, the melting, dissolving brain? Yeah, it's the brain dystocia thing mostly. Okay. That's the main. You don't want to melt. I don't. Yeah, want to I don't dissolve. want my brain to rot and melt. And although you could make a movie out of that, that might be a sweet death effect. Yeah, that you know? would be cool. I could buy blood cannon that. Yeah, just you know, just have a kind of it'd be like the brains are just going to ooze out the ears, the nose. You know, it's all got to come out the nose eventually. Oh, for sure. You know, like like the Egyptians <laughs> went in there and like took it out. You know, with the hooks. Yeah. You got to have it just like just shooting out. Man. Yeah, probably out of the eyes too. I yeah, and have it was yeah, such like hell. Eject yeah. it with yeah. such force that the head throws back and like it's splattered. That, yeah, you could, yeah, you that. could really do a lot with the brain dystocia concept. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> um, okay, this is probably a silly question, uh, but are there any other genres that you would like of movies that you'd like to shoot? Hmm. You want any like rom coms or deep personal dramas or you no, know? Probably not those. No, uh, I didn't think that. I think I'm pretty much stuck with horror. I do like other genres. Like I like Kung Fu. I like spaghetti Westerns, but horror is just the most fun. Mm -hmm. You get to to throw blood everywhere and have intestines and have worms and do all that good stuff. Cause it's so over the top, you know, that's what makes it great. Yes. Mm -hmm. I get it. Oh, oh, that's, that's excellent. That's, that's great. Um, So, so you, how many shorts have you made? Uh, um, I don't know a bunch. Usually, I don't like them, and then they don't like see the light of day. So okay, you're yeah. you don't you don't like them enough to maybe put them together like on a compilation DVD or something like that. Nah, they don't they don't need to see the light of day. They suck. Okay, I mean, no maniac sucks, but at least it's a feature, and at least the soundtrack's cool, and Jim Conyers in it, so like that's awesome. It's awesome. It's yeah, great. yeah. <laughs> but okay. uh, my shorts, they they all kind of suck. We're doing some right now that are pretty good. That's gonna come out on something or other, but in general. Nah. Okay. Well, we need to have a movie night some night. Yeah. You know, we, we could watch. I want to watch Metal Maniac or or you know Zodiac. Uh, sometime that would be that would be awesome. Um. Okay. We got some random questions here. Just some right. kind of goofy questions. So, who's your favorite cartoon character? Um. Man, I don't know. I like like the old like sixties and seventies Scooby Doo. I like Scooby Doo. You know, it's just like the collars and the, you know, really scared, hungry dog. That's all I got. Okay. That's all I got for cartoons. That's fine. Uh, what about your favorite movie snack? When you're kicking back to watch some movies in your room, what, what do you like to eat? Hmm. I guess it depends. I don't have a specific. It depends on, uh, on what grabs me. Definitely popcorn. I know that's basic. And then whatever little candies I want to mix into the popcorn. Some kind awesome. of chocolate, I guess. Yeah. 
So the your favorite Halloween or season must be Halloween coming up and all the great candies and little skeleton candies. Do you have a favorite Halloween treat that you like to either eat or when you were like, if you were going trick-or-treating as a kid, did, did you have a favorite Halloween candy? Hmm. I guess it varies. Almond Joys are pretty good. Anything with like a lot of crunchy and textury stuff covered in chocolate is generally good. All right. Fair enough. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. <clears throat> So if a biopic is made of your life, who would you want to play you? Oh, man. Who would I want? Yeah. Who yes. I think looks like me. Hmm. Maybe like accused era Jodie Foster. Not because of the context of the accused, but just because of how she looked. That'd be cool if people thought I looked like her. All right. Nice. So do you have a bucket list celebrity that you'd like to meet? It doesn't have to be in the horror genre, just a celebrity in any, any entertainment. Who's your bucket list? Hmm. Can it be dead? Sure. Probably Jamie Gillis. Okay. I feel like he'd be really cool to talk to from like interviews I've read and uh, the book, Pure Filth. I feel like Jamie would be a very interesting character to like get a feel for a movie character out of and just kind of generally hang out with. You could bring him back from the dead for a movie, you know, zombie Jamie Gillis. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, you could bring up the cannon, you know, shoot right out of his crotch. That would be awesome. Yeah, it wouldn't wouldn't be blood with Jamie Gillis. No, no, but you know, <laughs> you get that thickener. You know, you could, you know that's not too hard. You know, I have a good come. We make our own. Yeah, thickener, you get some. Man. Yeah, you get some powdered milk. You know. Well, what do you uh, what's your down recipe? coffee creamer? Elmer's glue cannon. <laughs> coffee creamer. <laughs> coffee creamer and guar gum and water. You're, you're solid. It looks all right. Yeah. yeah. Do you ever add Purple like any yogurt like, conditioner? <laughs> you ever add like any like the gelatinous stuff to it? You know? No, the the the, the, the thickener stuff does it. Okay. No, I mean like to the cum, like little sometimes. No, you know, no, there was no so I'm shooting a weird mannequin movie right now and uh I might get fired because we have like these hotel room suites we use at work. And I just like told them, oh, I'm making a movie. Can I borrow this suite? And they're like, oh, it's so cute. You're making a movie. And they know <laughs> that it's like this weird cum-filled mannequin thing. And so we kept the cum in the fridge overnight. And then it was weird because we tried to like, you know, splatter it to the right timing. And it was just this weird like Nickelodeon glop. And I almost <laughs> want to keep it in because it was really fucking weird. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, hey, after a while, you know, it, it comes out kind of funny after it's been too long, you know. Yeah, it, yeah, it was you know, it's like it's like popping sick. a big zit, you know. You don't. It's just gonna. It's gonna be chunky, and you know, it's yeah. just you know, it's got a guts. Like, it was awesome. guts. It's come. Do you got it? Come. Well, this has been a great interview. Right. So far, we learned yeah. a lot about come. That's right. Yeah, I think. You know the cum covered sweet. I think that's you know that might be the there's a new album for for you, Vic. Um, right there. No, I don't think I'm writing that one. Yeah, like I uh, cannibal corpse. I come blood. You know, you it's just, just like send him the pig stuff, man. So we can do or no, our ideas. No, I know. Was, yeah, yeah. we're gonna send him some wog stuff. <laughs> I'm still waiting on a soundtrack for Death's Head. So <laughs> don't, don't think I've forgotten. You promised. I know, man. I put your I, name I, in the book, know, you motherfucker. I know, I know, man. It's <laughs> it's gonna happen. I gotta yeah, read yeah, the. Yeah. I have to read the book first, but at least I own the book, so it's gonna right. happen. Well, thank you. For <laughs> I've told $2. you, you like when I when I get stuff, man. It takes me books and albums. These are I'm in movies. I'm really bad about this. Like I'll get a book or an album or a movie, 
and it's probably going to be a year and a half before I get to it. Yeah, because you've got the stack, and it's got to take its place. Yeah, so you stack. get it. Yeah, yeah. it's it's bizarre. I, I hate that I do that, but it's like, yeah, I, I bought the CD because I want it. Maybe I'll listen to it next year. You know? Yeah, dude, the never-ending stack. I get it. Yeah. For all it's, media types. It's a quick read, <laughs> yes. man. When you get to it, it's a quick read. So it's only like 110 pages. You know, it's a pulp. It's really it's quick and to the point. Yeah, but you got to understand how I read. I'm really a bad reader. I'm like a, I'm a page and I fall asleep guy. I, okay. It doesn't matter. The book could be really good. It's got nothing to do with it being bad. Sure. I just sit down. I'm laying down in my bed and I read a page. And I'm That's like, the problem. You're laying down on your bed, man. Dude, when I'm sitting on my couch, I do the same. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't matter. If my eyes are reading it, no matter where I am placed, I'm going to start to get drowsy. The worst thing is that I don't actually fall asleep and stay asleep either. I'll just kind of doze off. And then in a minute, I'll be awake. And, uh, it's just a never ending restful thing it sucks but yeah no i own the book so don't you worry all right uh 2028 <laughs> that's right just around the corner um okay Susanna, what would you tell your childhood self about being a movie producer it's funny because uh my best friend david and i that is how we gauge success um, because, you know, we're not very financially successful by any stretch of the imagination. So how we like to gauge success is how our childhood selves would perceive us now. I would tell my childhood self that I'm pretty cool. I mean, from like a 12 year old perspective, I spend my nights and, you know, every other weekend in the backyard, like shooting blood left and right and goofing off with my friends with VHS cameras. That's awesome. Yeah. Blood and cum. Blood and cum. I wouldn't. Yeah. Really I mean, if you're going to do it, that would be the I name might. of the of the compilation. Yeah, <laughs> the compilation should be called that. Seriously. Uh, that's, pretty good. that's pretty good. Yeah. Blood and cum. I mean, yeah, don't don't tell your kid self about cum. They're like, <laughs> yeah, I might not. We'll, we'll see. What, what, what are we talking about now? Nope. Just the blood. <clears throat> no, we're going to yeah. save that. Just like well, the guy. Canon. Just, you know, just yeah. a canon of bodily fluids. Yeah. yeah the bodily the fluid. Canon. Right. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. like Mike TV's dad and Willie Wonka in the chocolate factory. You know, dad says I can have real gun when I'm older, not until you're 12, son. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Until then you're shooting blanks. Uh, okay. Well, we've already talked about your skeleton, but, uh, you know, we're all fans of something. Um, you, what is your favorite piece of Moomy memorabilia? If it's not the great skeleton from Creep. Hmm. Like in my movies or any movie? Uh, you know, if you've if if you've gone to someplace and and got a piece of memorabilia or you got something from a movie set or someone gave to you or someone, you know, if, if, do you have a piece like do you collect things um, that are not out of your that not in your movies? Um, do you do you collect horror stuff as well? And do you have a great or favorite piece of memorabilia? Um, tape wise, probably Copperhead. Really, really bizarre shot on video movie um, about some dude that like really loves god and guns and really hates snakes okay all you really need to know about that movie that's because they represent the devil right yeah yeah oh yeah there's devil stuff there sure yeah yeah that um, serpent the tape wise probably copperhead movie memorabilia wise honestly probably this hat this is from the set of truth or dare what does it say can you read really it's, it's a twisted illusions hat oh okay so yeah it's like a million years old mm -hmm. a lucky movie hat okay you obviously you mentioned Tom Savini earlier. Um, so did you have his book, Grand Illusions? Is that where you kind of got some of your ideas for your special effects? Yeah. Oh, and actually, I met Tom Savini. He was a real wanker. Really? Oh, I've heard dude. that. I've met yeah. him twice, and he was always he was pretty cool both times I met him. So well, I think he thought I was like a hot chick because I I messaged him back and forth in high school, and he was like so cool email wise because he didn't know what I looked like. He's like, oh, a seventeen year old girl, cool, you know, <laughs> probably. And so 
he would like respond to my projects and give me advice and do this and do that. And then I got all geared up to go to Horror Hound. And of course I had all these grand illusions of like, oh man, I'm going to be like his intern and we're going to do all this stuff. And we're going to be covered in coming blood. Right. Yeah. And I went up to him in like my jeans and kiss t-shirt and metal vest. I'm like, Hey, Mr. Savini, I'm Susanna. And you know, we emailed back and forth and he just like clears his throat and says, I get over a thousand emails a day and just walks away. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. But it was cool because Carol was at the next table and you could tell that he was used to seeing like that exact situation over and over again. Cause then he called me over and was like, Hey kid, you want to learn how to do burn makeup? (laughs) He told me about Knox gelatin. (laughs) Nice. That's so that's pretty cool. Well, that's awesome. I mean, someone's willing to step up and 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 do the right thing. That's that's cool. Yeah. Oh man. Well, that's rough. Um, you know, that's that's the danger when we meet people we love or you know we were right. who are heroes that you always run yeah. that risk of uh having them be assholes and like you just it never feels the same after that. You're just like eh, that that one encounter changes everything. You know. Yeah, both. I think both director commentaries I've done at this point. I always like have a beer or two to loosen up, and then I start like trash talking Tom Savini, and then I talk myself <laughs> into being like, "Well, you know, the, the head explosion in Maniac still looks really good." So I, I can't not love the guy. Sure. Uh, I yeah. Just, I mean, some, some of the great effects of those '70s movies. I mean, the Dawn of the Dead makeup. Uh, you oh know, yeah. It just yeah. There's yeah. It's just good, man. You know. Um. So when you're not making movies, uh, what kinds of things do you do for fun? Um, I read a lot, mostly horror books. Um, I half-ass train for triathlons. Uh, I like painting little Warhammer guys. The fantasy battle or 40K? Uh, both. Oh, no. Are you space Marines or do you like play the Eldar? Oh, or Orcs all the way. Orcs, orcs. and, uh, oh. orcs and you know, corn guys. Okay corn berserkers obviously yeah yeah nice all right um yeah, and then for fantasy i like the skaven okay so who are some of your favorite horror writers are you reading uh, like classics like are we talking like lovecraft or are we talking like more visceral horror like jack ketchum's probably my favorite horror author have you guys read any jack ketchum Mm-mm. oh man off season is like a total gore fest um the lost is awesome uh girl next door is a pretty rough read but super good i like richard layman because he's just like a misogynistic sleaze bag um brings up boobs like pretty much every page real rapey real gory just just some dude like writing whatever he wants and making a living out of it and you're the like most, you know what, richard layman the most purient fantasies just come out on yeah. the page like, oh yeah it's awesome like like does it make you like feel creepy when you read that as a woman like do you like uh or does it like i get it man it's it makes me fantasy. like really boob self-aware because he's like oh and her boobs or you know her shirt like rubbed against her nipples and i'm like oh okay yeah i guess sure. <laughs> <laughs> so if you ever if you ever met him at a convention would you talk about that like hey yeah. your description of your shirt against my nipples if sure that, that that's exactly what it felt like i mean well, what did you I say made, to I him i made friends with david hess at a convention with that reason I went up to him and, all right, this is bad. I'm going to sound bad. Uh, this is a terrible <laughs> podcast. I went up to him and I said, you know, Mr. Hess, I never, oh, fuck, this is bad. I said, I never want to get raped, but if I had to, I would want it to be you because you're a very sensual rapist in your movies. Oh my God. And like, he really liked that and he wasn't offended. <laughs> he really liked he really that. Liked it. <laughs> That's the scary part right there. He really liked it. 
Yeah. So and like he, he was supposed to go Central. talk. He was supposed to go to some panel and speak, and he just like skipped it. And we just hung out and drank and talked about making movies. It was awesome. Wow. Maybe he thought he was going to have a sensual rape fest with you. You know. I mean, maybe. Wow. He was, old. He was pretty old at that point. Yeah, there are some other friends of mine have met him, you know, and they have to pose. My my one of my friends because he he was posing with him, and then David grabbed him around the neck without, like, and he just kind of shook him. And my friend's eyes are really big in the picture because it was a surprise; like he didn't know that was going to happen. So he just went right in, and you see my the look of terror on my friend's face, and he explains like, "Yeah, "Yeah, he really choked me." (laughs) Like that. He was such a cool guy. I mean, he told me all about how like he wrote all of these hit songs and money wasn't an issue so he could be in whatever kind of movies he wanted and these were the kind of movies he wanted to be in and he liked raping in movies i'm sure just in movies probably. okay that's that's good that we put those together <laughs> no, that's not like here's two categories you know i mean that's we don't want to make light of that no, uh, no, but in the context of, of horror, you know, it, yeah, I mean, it's just it's part of the genre. It's yeah, but even then, the it's still genre. an extreme of the horror genre. I mean, most a lot of mainstream horror films don't have rape as a as a trope. Yeah, you know, I mean, like, the, like yeah, like the extreme stuff. Um, you know, on that edge, but that seems like that's kind of what you enjoy—that more exploitative kind of stuff. You know. Yeah, and yeah. you know, I I just watched a really weird one. It was called Deep in the Heart, aka Handgun. And it was weird because it's definitely um, definitely a statement on gun control and kind of how the U.S. handles it. But it was shot in 83. And it's like a regional Texas film, but it's directed by a British dude. So it's kind of clunky and weird because it's like super Texas, but then it's directed by a British guy. And the rape was weird because it was super PG. But to kind of come to modern times, he treats it like it's not. And he like tells her to drive home safe. And it's the most disturbing rape scene I've ever seen, even though literally nothing happens. There's not even like the big thrust surprised face that you see in every movie. None of that. <clears throat> Just the, the mannerisms and the way he was acting. Definitely probably more actually like realistic and sticky and gross and unsettling. Hmm. Yeah, really good movie. Are you guys going to air this? Is, am I allowed to talk about this stuff? You could talk about anything. I, yeah, I'm airing everything. <laughs> it's all coming out, far, Susanna. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not fucking editing anything out. Um, so it's all good. Yeah, all all the rapey stuff is going to be yeah. in there. So, um, so this is going to be a tame question, but um, are, are you watching anything on a streaming service? Netflix, Prime, Hulu? I mean, we're gearing up for Halloween. So is there anything that you're looking forward to, to watching? Both Hulu and Netflix both have I mean, tons of horror coming up. I mean, I don't know, man. I got, I don't really stream. All right. You like, the, you like the physical media. No, I get it. Yeah. No, I totally get it. Um, so yeah, among your like pile. You have a lot of old stuff on those. Seems like mostly new stuff. And then, a lot of new stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And all so, that CGI shark stuff, which <laughs> I, I do like Mark Maloney. I shouldn't be so hard on the guy. But there's I just a, that CGI shark there's stuff. a lot of foreign horror that's really good. That's still They're still cutting edges because mm-hmm. they're not doing the same kind of shit that we're doing in the states you know i i like a lot of foreign horror um there's just, there's some really stuff. yeah the italians yeah. i was still yeah there's some really good stuff out there a lot of good stuff so you you have a stack you said you have a stack of things you know might take you a year and a half to get to so what's on your stack like what are the next two or three things on your stack of movies to watch that you haven't watched yet i think i'm going to watch death weekend tonight um definitely wanting to again i'm writing another a new rape revenge film so that's kind of what i've been studying um 
that deep in the heart was just on my stack. Another one that was just freshly watched off the stack was uh, Ladies Club. That was also rape revenge, but it was super weird because it had like a Lifetime Channel feel. Um, all these Ugh. girls get tired of like these repeat offenders not getting charged or treated appropriately. And so they make friends with like a surgeon whose daughter was raped. And the surgeon's like, just bring them to my house and we'll cut off their balls in like a sterile surgical oh. suite. And it was really weird. Like hard <laughs> candy. <laughs> kind of, but like. It was weird. It was not gory. It was not particularly violent. It was just like these girls hanging out and having these plans and bringing these, I don't know. Having like, castration like, parties. Yeah, castration. Yeah, it's it almost like, like the new slumber party. party. You know, like the castration party is the new slumber party. Yeah, and they no. like, there's a scene where they walk the dude back into the bowling alley and he's all just drunk from, you know, being, you know, surgerized. And then he goes into <laughs> the bathroom and like screams and they laugh and it's a very lighthearted scene. <laughs> it was weird, uh, man that's that's kind of crazy i like that you know that's always laughing when yeah kind of delving when he wakes up and realizes that his penis has been cut off no his penis was there his balls too oh his balls i cast right okay see how that cut the whole dick off yeah i'll say why why even why do that do the whole thing i think it was like a testosterone aggression thing they're like oh their balls are making them aggressive and making you better cut those right off I don't, I don't know. That was a weird movie. Oh, hard to sit here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I rubber bands work too. You know, if that's what yeah, they do on the farm. Tell. Yeah, exactly. You know, so that would be, see, there's another movie idea. Well, that's, that's my next you movie know. deals with large animal castration. And it, well, I mean, no, no, using those methods on, on humans. Yeah, Human no, that's males. my next movie. Oh, okay. You have the emasculator. So the emasculator <laughs> is like this, uh, I don't know, it's like this giant plier thing. And uh, one edge crimps and one edge cuts. Ooh. Yeah. And Slices, so dices. It, you have to flip it a certain The Ronco way. emasculator. So it's like $39.99. Yeah. So it cuts and seals at the same time. But if you yes. flip it upside down, you can eviscerate them and everything can just. Now from Ronco. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So spoiler cuts, alert, that's the next movie. The cuts and cauterizes. I, you, uh, you know, that's. Well, it's not like a cauterize it. Like, it's like a two for one. Weird. Yeah. Oh, the crimp. Oh, you said a crimp, not a cauterize. The, the crimp. Yeah, it doesn't the cauterize. Crimp. It's just a nice little crimp. Bring, bring out the crimp. <laughs> I was thinking of doing the elastic band thing as well. I'm not sure yet. Because that's pretty gross. Oh, wow. Seems unpleasant, probably. I am going to have I'm such great dreams tonight. My dreams are going to be so <laughs> fucked up tonight, Susanna. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, you kind of get so bored with mainstream horror. Like, you know, like a movie like Scream just got to make you drive you crazy. Um, I don't mind the first Scream. I kind of have a nostalgic little. Again, like I didn't like horror when I was a kid. The babysitter put it in and I was like, oh my God, what is this? Mm-hmm. That, that first kill sequence in Scream had such an impact on me. I watched it in third grade. I think that was, that's how old it was when it came out. And I didn't watch it and I watched it like two or three years ago and I had it like shot for shot memorized in my head. So it was like a whole Scream is, you know, it's whatever. But that opening sequence is pretty great. Uh, okay. Uh, you know we mentioned foreign horror you know like j-horror or anything like that or or not really just no good old american shot on video and obviously like the italian or, dudes yeah or the german gore yeah splatter yeah, stuff okay yeah um wow okay that's great so what's the one thing that almost no one knows about you oh man well, i mean my dad was murdered by gypsies oh i'm that's, sorry that's like, a, that's like a fact no it's good it's a good thing but yeah he was oh, okay. by bulgarian gypsies 
That's intense, wow. man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it's a good thing. It's a good story. Okay. What's well, a good story? Did they did they use the emasculator? Um, no, I don't think know. they did. So I uh, I, didn't, I haven't seen my dad since I was like six. I was born in Spain, and so like okay. we left him in Spain because he tried to like unibomb us in the states. So he's like banned from the country because he kept sending fake bombs. Jesus. But anyways, I was a videographer. No, this is a funny story. I promise. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. it's been funny it's been hilarious so far you know he said this big for the humane story and i had this uh this fundraising video on youtube and it was like you know like oh these are the dogs give us money rich people so we can save more dogs and one day this like giant strange comment shows up on it and it's like susanna this is your father i'm being held captive by bulgarian gypsies they're stealing my pension checks, call the embassy so we can be reunited. And again, this dude is like minuscule in my life. I haven't seen him since I was six. It's no big deal. But he names this dude. He names this like Matushe Matushev dude. And then a couple of years later, um, the Bulgarian embassy called my sister who lives in Scotland. And it's like, yo, your dad's dead. This dude named Matushe Matushev reported him dead. Oh, wow. Killed hmm. by the king of the gypsies, man. That's so ridiculous. So now nobody knew that, but now everybody knows that. Wow. Yeah. That's that's a story. I mean, really you you have had more interesting stories than than we've had in quite a long time. I mean, compacted into this last hour and fifteen minutes, that's like a crazy amount of just crazy intense stories. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's like so many more things I want to ask, but uh, we may have to like come back on another show. Would you, would you be willing to come back and like hang out with us sometime? Yeah, whenever. Um, yeah. Cause when we do horror stuff, it's just, you know, chop top of myself. We'd love to have you come back and, and, and talk horror. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Usually uh, if I don't have to leave my house, I'm good. Okay, great. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what, what makes what we kind of do is awesome is because we are all in our own houses, you know, we yeah, just exactly. hang out that way. It's the best. So, uh, Vic, Chop Top, do you have any more questions for Susanna for tonight? Are we going to end things on the gypsy death? Because that's kind no. of weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's an intense story. I mean, I kind of ran out of, of, of questions. I mean, well, I was just going to ask if you would do a bumper for us. You know, this is, you know, it, it's Susanna Capistache. Um, and uh, from Night of the Zodiac, and you're watching and listening to Heavy Metal Horror, would you be able to do some kind of bumper like that for us? Uh, yeah, just say that. Yeah, whatever you want to say, man. I don't care if you want to talk about whatever. You know, just mm -hmm. mention us, uh, who you are. Or come. I don't, I don't, I don't want to care if you want to talk about blood and cum for 30 seconds. It doesn't give a shit. We're going to put it as a bumper. So I'm blood and cum, and you're listening to the creeper. Right. I'm coming for you. Right. Whatever you want to do, man. It's, it sounds great. We're going to yeah, I'll just, yeah. Can we just do it now? Sure. All right. I'm Susanna Kapustashi, director of Night of the Zodiac. And uh, thank you for listening to Heavy Metal Horror. Yeah. All right. Excellent. I'm a behind Thank the camera person, I'm not in front of the camera. No, no, it's good. That's good. <laughs> well, yeah. Do you perfect. ever star in your movies or are you just always directing or do you actually star in them? Too? Uh, so the one that I shot in Kentucky was interesting because it was 4th of July weekend and we're like, well, you know, we don't want actors. We don't, uh, we don't want crew. We don't want any of this. So it was just me and Tim Ritter and we would just, <laughs> we were just like passing the camera back and forth. And then there's a scene where like, it's gonna, it's, it's, he's a rapist. It's, I guess it's going back to rape. I don't know. And he's chasing me and like, I, like I grab him and I knee him in the nuts and run. And we had to do that like 10 times because we kept getting out of frame because we literally are just setting up the camera <laughs> and running in front of it like morons. 
So I guess if I have to, I'll star in a movie. If it's something, okay. like, well, there's no actors available. So was yeah. the the knee to the to the nuts? Was that like do you like knee him on the thigh or just as it yeah, off camera? Yeah, I, mean, I tried to just like not actually aim for the nuts. I guess I didn't. He would have been too nice to be like, "Hey, you need me in the nuts." So hopefully, right. I didn't. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean that's that's uh it always runs you have to be careful about those kind of any kind of uh bodily harm shots like that this inadvertent you know you're in the moment you well, could, all it takes is just an inch too much the same day that we almost got lost in the mountains and then that later that night i bloodboarded him accidentally so you you did what bloodboard well it's like waterboarding but with blood oh it's the blood cannon. Yeah. Wait, did you say accidentally? Yeah, well, it was. I didn't realize that he couldn't breathe. Well, I don't know. Getting to know you right now. I don't <laughs> yeah. think it was so accidental. Getting to know you. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. It was accidentally really bloodboarded him blood as I. No, I was aiming it, and the wife was like, you know, pumping the blood cannon. So I guess it was both of us that bloodboarded him. He didn't say it until after. He was like, I kind of well, couldn't. He couldn't. He couldn't I almost died. Yeah, he <laughs> yeah. can't breathe because he'll drown yeah, in almost, the fucking blood. I almost blood. killed my filmmaking hero twice in the same weekend. Impressive <laughs> stuff. <laughs> uh, well, at least you had the cameras rolling. So if he did die, you could just throw it right in the movie. I mean, that'd be right. Yeah, I could be like, here's here's the evidence. Yeah. Favorite filmmaker gone. You're That's stuck right. Now I'm making snuff movies. movies. Who wants to die next, bitches? Yeah. There you go. You're getting the. You're getting cumboarded. That's come right. Board. Yeah. That's good. That's right. Come board. Right. No one wants to die like that. The no. smells. We got to bring. got to bring Peter North in for that one. I don't know if the viscosity would uh, would work. Because you got to like, oh. like have like the rag and the drip, and it's got to actually like absorb into like the rag. Oh, it just there, takes so. longer. Just takes yeah. longer. And that uh, would be bad. Uh, yeah wow we gotta have a big long time ago (laughs) i'm picturing a weird scene in my head right now Uh uh-oh getting the brain news going it's gonna happen now yeah make sure sure you got plenty of socks and kleenex uh, around um you know something absorbent oh fuck Um, (laughs) wow um this has been wildly entertaining we don't want to keep you all night because i know you got you know movies to watch um but we're definitely going to find you i'll find you on facebook yeah, we want definitely. you coming back to just hang out with us and talk horror and i cannot wait to watch your movie um would you be willing to like like meet and show it together we can just like do a zoom party and watch your movie sometime would that be cool uh, i'd have to run it past the distributor but i mean yeah. oh okay well if not you know we, we, i definitely want to get a copy regardless oh you know? for sure um, yeah no yeah, problem there yeah so yeah right. Oh, it's just I can W a tape. If not, uh, boy, I don't know if I do. Um, you can't get a VCR. What are you doing? I don't know. I might have one. Even I have a VCR, man. Come on. (laughs) It's like it could be a VCR DVD combination. I mean, you can get. I can get a VCR for you know twenty bucks. uh, So that's not. That's but yeah, yeah. yeah. I got got tapes I can dub. Otherwise, uh, everything belongs to SRS. I sold out. Got a distributor check. Oh, okay. Wow. So we'll 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 talk after the show. We'll get the deeds. So, all right. I guess we should do our commercial and get the hell out of here. Um, hey, you can find heavy metal horror on unsaneradio.com. Listen to full episodes or download to your device. You can find us on Facebook, Heavy Metal Horror Podcast. On Instagram, look for Montag Lewis, one word. Our YouTube page, Heavy Metal Horror Podcast. Don't forget to hit the like and subscribe button. We're now on Roku, Hotel Metal Jam. So if you know someone who'd like our show, tell them about us. This has been blood and cum soaked Montag. 
thoroughly disgusted chop top. Uh, all the good stuff's taken. Just regular wild card covered in cum. I, I like all this cum talk, guys. This is great. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you come, you come, you came to the right place. Yeah. Well, we're guys, you know, we're used to it. I mean, that's yeah. what happens when you hit 12 or 13. It's just, that becomes your life. When hair that. starts growing in funny places, it's just, it's like, like, oh, oh my God. Come. I yeah. feel funny down here. Yeah. You know, then like, yeah. it happens. What's You're this? like, oh my Blood God, I break something? Just... Oh my God, what happened? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That first time is terrifying, especially if no one, you know, you grew up in a repressive household. No one tells you about these things. It's like, oh, fuck, what did I break? Oh, Jesus, I'm dying. <laughs> what did I There's break? There's a good horror concept right there. Yeah. You know, frightened <laughs> yeah, by your guys, own. Guys, I'm cum. really glad my first podcast ever was like 80% come and rape talk. <laughs> yeah. I really. Really yeah. appreciate that. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of a good name for this. You know, totally uh, disgusted. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> just covered in cum. Welcome to having a horror covered in cum. Yeah, it's pretty uh, good. Yeah, Susanna Capistachi covered in cum. Yeah, uh, that could be a whole other thing. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Right, bye. Yeah. Hey, this is Montag. We already did another thing. We've did- been watching <laughs> and listening to. All right, Susanna, bring up the horns. Heavy, heavy metal, metal. comfort. <laughs> there it is. There it is. <laughs> Fuck. This is Doug Helbring, and you have been listening to Heavy Metal Horror, the best podcast that you've never heard before. <laughs>